Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah! No time to screw around on today's edition of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. It's Tuesday. This is game week. We're going to spend 99% of the show today on the Browns, guys. Jason Lloyd is here. G. Bush is Coming here. Coming off a holiday weekend. We can't even ease No, into not this. easy. Did you guys do anything? We'll ease in for a second. Did you guys do anything fun this weekend? What's the pool? That was it. Pool no. in, the, in the neighborhood. No. Nothing man. fun. In the crib, sleep. That was it. I had I had watching watch football games. My wife and I had dinner with uh, Jonathan Peterlin and his wife mm. uh, Sunday night, and we met their baby. They're six month old. Wow, baby, we had a good time there. I didn't uh, know they were pregnant, let alone had a six. You didn't know we had a kid. <laughs> oh, wow. Just pop one out real quick on you. Yeah, behind. No, no, no. Now no. they and we had a nice meal there. We had uh, pizza from. Uh, oh God, Saucy Brew Works. It was actually really good. Never had it. I was Ohio a, City. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, no, great not, spot. There's another one out by, in Solon or somewhere out okay. in that neck of the woods. But uh, anyway, we had a nice time there. My, my son had a friend over yesterday. He went to the pool with some other buddies on Saturday. He did his first golf lesson. I saw that. Over the weekend. Saw that on the internet. You're setting him up for a lifetime of pain and suffering. Uh, yeah, well, it's a, it's a way to do business, right? I can't do that. But like, apparently, that's how you do business. But I don't know. But anyway, all right, so a lot to get to today. But before we spend an hour and 54 minutes on, on the, 55 minutes maybe, on the Browns, I got to start with this, guys, because I, I am so fed up with the Guardians. And I stopped, like, I only half paid attention to them for a couple of weeks, to be honest. <laughs> because the season, I got back into it after they, they sucked after in. The, I knew when y'all was back, back in. in. When I they did the waiver claims, yep. and they won that series against the Twins. Yeah. And before today, yesterday, they've been playing like decent baseball. They'd won six out of they'd won three straight series against pretty good teams. Yeah, but they were still five games out, right? Or, or was it four going into? No, it was, no, it was, it was, it, right, it was five. It was, five. It was five. five games going out yesterday. It was, it was still five games under five hundred. And I'm like, okay, you want me to take you seriously? You, you picked up these guys at the waiver deadline. You know, Loriano's contributed. Calhoun's contributed. Mm-hmm. You got two nice relief pitchers here. Giolito's been terrible, but okay, maybe he'll pitch well tonight. And maybe you'll go, you're at home, and you'll sweep the Minnesota Twins, right? Well, wrong. They gave up 20 freaking runs. 20 runs. And let me tell you something, and I know Jay disagrees with me. He's not feeling well. He's not going to be here. You absolutely have to take Giolito out after the second inning. I know it was 6 nothing. I know that the Guardians are not a good offensive team. But you can't, you have to, to me, two out of three is not good enough. Even if they win the next two, they're still four out. With 20 games to go, the and you're not playing the Twins again. The odds of catching them four out, as bad as they are, 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 are nothing. You had to sweep this series. To give up on the game after an inning and a half or after two innings, that's ridiculous. And then certainly it was over because he put him out for the third and gave him another bunch of runs. You got a utility player pitching four innings. Four, and by that point, the game was over. It's 13, whatever it was. Did you see the tweet that the Guardians account put out? David Fry is unavailable to pitch today. It was actually really funny. Like, <laughs> I'm sure it was they got funny, but there's for it. wrong time, wrong place. You know what? I know. Tweet, I know. And, you know, and the bad. players are laughing on the bench. Good for them. Their season's over. They suck. The whole team's a disaster. And I don't feel good about this franchise. I don't feel this is the worst I have felt about this franchise since Terry Francona's been here, without a doubt. I. Since he's been here? since he, Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be here, but for another 20-some games. Well, but I don't feel great about him. I like their young pitching. I don't like much else. I don't think they're that far away. I really don't. I, I think that they're Only a couple of moves. Only because the division's crap. Well, and there are a couple of moves, but th- we've been talking about these couple of moves for a couple of years, and they haven't made those couple of moves yet. No, they never do. But they're, they're sitting on their hands. They're not that far away, but it is very frustrating. It's very, I didn't even get the game on last night. I didn't even have a chance to turn it on. We had... My in-laws over, and it was like nine to one before I could even get the What's game. What's the point? Playing. I'm like, well, I'm not turning on now. What's the point? That's crazy. Yeah, and, and, and I, I just don't believe that if we're gonna sit here and say that the reason why this team has gotten all they have, squeezing juices out of rocks, is because Tito was here. Now he's going to be here 20 more games, and then you're gonna expect another guy to come in. I'm young enough to remember Manny Acta. 
Come on now. Eric Wedge. Come on. Let's not act like they had a great string of, of, of successors or these, these coaches or managers or whatever you want to say yeah. that are going to be able to come in here and, and, and pull the right strings. We can do that show a little bit closer. Yeah. But, but oh, like yeah. the list of candidates of who to get, I think it's fascinating. I think it's a really interesting it is. conversation. This idea that Kevin Cash, I was at a fantasy draft this weekend. Yeah. It's called the Rocky River Dads Fantasy League. And my buddy Hans is the one who founded it, and I've become friendly with these other guys that are in it. And uh, he's convinced that Kevin Cash... Why would Kevin Cash come here? He's not coming here. Why would he leave Tampa? They have a low payroll, and they, they're winning. I had a conversation with a friend who said he wants Aaron Boone if Boone gets fired oh by the God. Yankees. Oh, my God. Aaron Boone. They're never going to pay. They're never going to pay. Why Aaron would you Boone. want Aaron Boone? He's not any good anyway. He's a big name. And, le- and let me tell you something. I don't want to yeah. hear. I'm not ripping Tom. This is the last thing, and then we'll move on. I'm not ripping Tom Withers. Tom does a great job. But Tom yesterday tweeting out, well, in a season of injuries, this one's a topper. Season of injuries? <laughs> that's what they spent. Listen, I know that Bieber and McKenzie were hurt, and that's a big deal. Their whole, their whole rotation was knocked Jason, out. Jason, in terms of total injuries, they've had less than every team in baseball except for one or two teams. Okay? Tampa Bay lost their whole rotation, I, I, and they're still in the playoffs yeah, in a much better yeah, division. I'm not blaming ro- injuries on where they're at. Yeah. But their entire rotation was knocked out. Like, that's fact. Show me another team in baseball that lost all Tampa five Bay. starters. All Tampa five Bay. starters? Jason, they had two good starters. The rest sucked. Tyler Glasnow, Shane McClan, Jeffrey Springs. Like, yeah. they had a ton of – and they have had a ton of injuries. No, 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 I'm saying oh, – oh, I was agreeing with you on Tampa. Yeah. But Tampa – right. Oh, I thought you were defending the Guardians just now. No, I'm just saying their Sorry. entire rotation Tampa got Tampa Bay out. lost their whole rotation. Not saying. the entire rotation, no. The Guardians – But they're key but pitchers. They brought, it brought them up by and Williams, and those guys pitched better than the other guys. Yes. I don't want to hear it. They didn't lose because of injuries. They suck. I agree And they're not worth that. talking about. Now, for an hour and 52 minutes on the, on the Browns. Mikey, get us going. Thank you, Bull. And you know what? That yeah. was necessary. I was at the game yesterday. It was not pretty. They started booing in the second inning. So you know if they're booing in the yeah. second inning. And it oh, was wait, deserved. wait, wait. Before we do an hour and 52 minutes on the Browns, we got to spend five seconds on the on the Buckeyes. They won. We'll see you later. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Bull. That was your Ohio State update. Before yeah. we have Ted Ginn Jr. in yeah. studio nah, we'll a little bit, and we'll Anna get Didi, into it Ted Ginn, Anna Didi, We Ted. have a DD coming up. Also, we have officially reached week one of the NFL season. We are less than 48 hours away from the opening kickoff of the year between the Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. Incorrect? 48 hours? Well, not less than 48 hours away. About 55 hours away. Oh, yeah. 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 Technically, you're right. My bad. (laughs) Not my strong suit if we're not counting by sevens anymore. And I don't count by 24s. I count by touchdowns and field goals. I hear you. That is it. Uh, Just to preview a little bit what's coming up, we'll get the rest of the fast reads in later. But we're talking Joe Burrow. How to stop him. We're talking Denzel Ward, his injury. We're talking 32 for 32, Kevin Stefanski. Can the AFC North break the all-time single-season NFL division wins record since realignment? You can throw out the five-team divisions. We're talking about four-team divisions. Aditi Kinkabwala on the game. And any chance Chris Jones ends up in a Cleveland Browns uniform this season. we got a big show ahead, and with that... Let's start with the injury in the secondary. Denzel yeah. Ward still in concussion protocol. His status for Sunday's opener up in the air. Did not practice yesterday. If he's unable to go against the Bengals, who have one of the best receiving trios in the NFL, if not the best, how big of a loss is that for the Cleveland Browns? Guys, it's for the most part, with very rare exceptions, it's only a quarterback injury that will move a point spread. Right, mm-hmm. And if Denzel Ward doesn't play, I don't think the point spread in this game is going to change. However, if you look at the Browns in specific to this matchup with the Bengals, you're not playing Tennessee, you're not playing Baltimore, you're not playing a run-first team. Denzel Ward, if he's unable to play, and I have no facts to back this up, it's just a gut feeling that Denzel Ward will play this weekend, but if he doesn't, it's probably one of the biggest losses they could have this week because of the opponent they're playing. That's how I see it. G. Bush, how do you see it? Um, I think it's a, it's a, I think it limits to some of the stuff that you want to do. I think you're, you're a little less apt to um, bring more pressure. You're a little more apt to kind of just um, lay back a little bit more because you don't want to get beat deep. Um, but I think if there's any team that can withstand an injury like that, it's the fact that the Browns have placed a lot of resources at the cornerback position. You know, they, they drafted Martin Emerson, who looks like he's going to be one of the best corners uh, in the league, and hopefully he has another, takes another step and has a breakout season. Um, Greg um, Newsom, who 
you spoke about wanting to play outside and, and have an ability to do so. He's a first round draft pick that they they've put some resources into. So, you know, they have guys that can can match up. It's just whether or not they have the depth in the I, I would say the uh, uh, the luxury of doing certain things now because they don't have those three corners playing, which they believe they have three starting corners. They have three starting corners that could be number ones on other teams. So they're not going to have the opportunity possibly to do some of the things they want to. But like you said, I don't think this should move the needle in terms of okay, are they going to win or lose the game? I, I only think that happens when you, t- you take quarterbacks and, and mm-hmm. guys like that out. So, um, yes, it's, a, it's an issue, but I don't think it's going to be a big deal that's going to cost them and move, it, move the needle one way or the other in terms of winning the game. Well, they certainly have a lot of experience playing without Denzel Ward, right? Like he gets hurt yes. every year. He's, yeah. You know he's going to miss this three, four, three games. four games. Every yeah. year. So, from that perspective, they're kind of used to it, but they know how to play without him. Obviously, it's a big loss against a team with three top-tier wide receivers. Personally, I think Martin Emerson's going to be number one cornerback on this team by the end of the year. I've been high on him all summer. I've said that. I think he's coming. I know we only have one year of evidence, and there's a lot of guys that fall in their second year. I don't think that's him. Just the way that he plays, his size, I love everything about his game. I think he's the number one cornerback on this team by the end of the year. So the fact that you could slide him over to Jamar Chase, I think, negates a little bit of the Ward injury. And they are deep at corner. You're right, G. Greg Newsom could start on quite a number of teams in the NFL. Obviously, you want Dunzel Ward out there. Not having him hurts, yes. But I just think that they're used to playing without him at this point. I am concerned about Dunzel. We've talked about that at length. I'm not terribly surprised he hasn't been cleared yet just because of the amount of cushions he's had. Hopefully, he's back. You know, if he's not back by Thursday... Friday, you know, yeah, I, I right. Think you, you go on without him at that point. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't practice by Thursday, then you, yeah. then you start wondering. I, I think the thing is in this match, like Denzel Ward's played very well against the Bengals. Yeah. He's played very well against Joe Burrow. He had the pick six he, in Cincinnati, right? He pick yep. six them. Yes, he did. Um, and that was a game-changing play. Absolutely. That was a game. Well, you know, who knows how the game would have went there, but like the, the you know, the Bengals had been moving the They're ball moving. And, he, and he just picked six them and they fell apart after that, yeah. which we don't see. Yeah. Now, the Browns, have played better for whatever reason, matchups, whatever they are. The Browns, and I'm not even going to include Burrow's rookie year because his rookie year, the Bengals were not any good. But in the last two years against Joe Burrow, the Browns have still gone 2-1 and one in the last two years when the Bengals have gone to the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game. I would say, as someone who watches the Browns every week and someone who watches the Bengals every week, that the Browns have played better football against Joe Burrow and the Bengals than any other team. I can't I can't really explain it. There is it. no explanation. Like for this it. year it would make sense because I think the Browns are really good this year. The last two years the Browns weren't very good. Yeah. But they played great against the Bengals. Now, the last time they played, the Bengals won the game. The game was in Cincinnati. He hasn't won in Cleveland. Is there something in his head? I don't think so. Is it just something about this matchup? Maybe. Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward, though, in particular, those two players have played great against the Bengals. Now, Ward might not play. Uh, Miles Garrett is dealing with Orlando Brown this year, which is, now, listen, I still like the advantage for Miles Garrett against any offensive lineman, but Orlando Brown is the first player the Bengals have had at left tackle that's at least in the stratosphere of Miles Garrett as opposed to the other guys who were miles and miles away. Will that make a difference? I don't know. But it, but those two guys have their stars. Those two stars have starred against the Bengals. G. Bush, before you go, could I just read you some Miles Garrett's versus Cincinnati stats to put yeah. this into context? In nine games, uh, excuse me, in five games against Joe Burrow. Yeah. Five games. Miles has nine sacks and 30 pressures. Yeah, that's I mean, that's, 1.8 sacks and six pressures per game against That is Joe crazy. Burrow. Yeah. That, I mean, that is crazy, and Ward's played great against them, too. Those guys have played their best football against the Bengals. They'll, well, they're going to need it uh, yeah. because now, you know, the, the rushing and back end go hand in hand. If if Miles Garrett can get pressure and Zadarius Smith, Smith can get pair, pressure, they can get pressure up the middle, um, and Joe Burrow is, is a guy who – and I, I think his mobility is underrated. I think he can move around. He moves around and makes right. plays. Just, but will his calf injury prevent him from being as mobile? That, that, that we don't know. That's where that's where I was going with it. Yeah. Um, I want to see if he can do that. If I'm Jim Schwartz, I want to get him to get him off his spot. 
I want him to I want him to have to run and scramble and move and step up in the pocket and do all those things because he's a very instinctual player. Sometimes when you're playing with an injury, you forget you injured. <laughs> you just go to step up and take off and run and you're right, like, whoa, right. I forgot. I was a little hobbled right here. So if they could get to him and make him and put him on the ground a little bit, that's where where covering up for Denzel Ward comes in. The the scheme, how much pressure you're gonna get. And one thing that I don't think they should let Joe Burrow do is I don't think they should let him get settled in. Um, he may have a little calf injury, but if you let him get settled in and he starts getting in rhythm three, four passes, he starts diming you out, now all of a sudden he's forgot all about the, the leg, none of that. He's not even thinking he's just out here cooking you right now. And I want he should be they should the goal should be get him to be think about what's going on and have to yeah. have that pressure. But that's easier said than done. Jason, I think um, if Ward can't go, and it's you know it's, that's a big if, but if he can't it may not be about Jamar Chase, because I think you're right. I think Emerson can play with Chase. I mean, Chase is hard to guard no matter who it is. But the question is, who are they putting on Tyler Boyd in the yeah. slot? Yeah. That's the big question. Because Tyler Boyd, in terms of a third receiver, is as good as it gets. He's got great hands. He, I think he dropped one ball all of last season, if I remember correctly. Like, the guy doesn't drop the ball. If, you, if he gets it thrown to him, he's almost always going to catch it. And they don't really have a slot answer if Denzel Ward's not playing. I mean, not well, many teams on. have a good fourth corner. They may have a slot answer if Newsom stays in the slot, but then it comes down to who do they put on well, the outside. Okay, that's fair. But then that guy's got to deal with T. Higgins. And that's even a more difficult challenge, and that's where the guy sure. they just picked up from the Chiefs, is he already CB4? Well, I, I, mean, I doubt it. Because A.J. Green was the guy running in that spot. I mean, is, is, is Mitchell still in, in the protocol? Like, uh, did Mitchell get hurt? Did Cam, uh, Cam I believe Mitchell? Cam Mitchell's cleared to play. I, I think he's good to go. That, so I, I would assume he's, he's their go. fourth quarter. I would assume he's the fourth quarter, and I would assume that they would play him in nickel and play Greg Newsom at, at on the outside. Now, you, if, right. you, if you look at it, that's T. Higgins is, is six what? Three? Six, six four six, with four. a 41 inch vert. And, and Cam. T. Higgins is what you want Cedric Tillman to become. Yes. Right? I mean, he's got the. That type of game, doesn't he? That type of body, and, and plus, yeah. but Greg Newsom is one of the shorter corners that they have. Yeah. He's five ten, um, so you T Higgins on on Greg Newsom. It all depends on where, wherever you want to go. Do you yeah. want T Higgins or Tyler Boyd to get to rock? They may say, "Look, we want to we want to stop the big play from T Higgins because he can catch jump balls in the end zone. He's a guy that can spread the field, and to be truthful, he has more status or having more of a stature than even Jamar Chase has." Right, um, right, physically. Yeah, physically. Yeah. So, yeah. You, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting if they just line up and play or do they got guys that are going to follow guys all throughout the throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, the Browns, what's tricky for Jim Schwartz this week is he doesn't know. Den I mean, maybe they do know. Maybe they know already whether he's going to play or not. Right. And they're just not saying. That's entirely possible. Um, but in a way, don't you have to have two game plans? To some degree, whether Denzel Ward's going to play or not. Yeah, I think they probably do have a pretty good idea by this point if he's yeah. going to be cleared in time or not. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think you want to try and neutralize T. Higgins as much as possible and let Tyler Boyd beat you. Like, if it's me, and, you know, I'm going to take my chances with their number three guy as opposed to their top two guys. Yeah. Now, the Bengals, uh, you know, Joe Mixon adequate out of the backfield in terms of catching passes. Yeah. He's not great, but he's not bad. They got a new tight end this year. They always seem to have a new tight end every year. Yeah. This year they brought in uh, Irv Smith Jr., who was with Minnesota last year. He's been a guy that they were high on him in Minnesota for a couple of years. And he could never stay healthy. He's healthy right now. I, you know, I don't. He has no proven. He's unproven. But uh, but one of the things I do yeah. look for, Bull, is the screen game. Screen game is going to be. They like to hit mix it in the screen game. Yes. The screen game is is something that uh, when you run with the Browns run. Yeah, screens are going to be available. That's yeah. that's why that screens, tunnel screens, bubble screens, uh, screens to the running back, draws, yep. uh, delayed handoffs, all that stuff is in play. And he likes to, well, they like to hit Jamar Chase with screens. Yes, yeah. and yes. try to get him cooking in in space quickly. Because if you miss a tackle out there and it's that's one it. on one, it's over. He's, yeah. he's you know, and those are the those are the quick little things that they can do, um, especially with the the speed that Jamar Chase. And people forget Jamar Chase was was hurt last year. He was hobbled a little bit. He, he missed how many games? Four? Yeah. He came back and was able to play. But, I mean, you know, when Jamar Chase is on, he has the ability to catch a slant, and he's he splits the safeties. He's to the house. 
So that, that's the, the threat that it, it causes you a little yeah. bit. Um, when you play them on the defensive side this of football. It's going to be a fun game Sunday. Very I can't fun. wait. I can't wait to watch football. I can't wait to watch the Chiefs and Lions Thursday. I think that's going to be a fun game. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, there are some really good matchups coming up this week. Football is yeah. back. It feels so good. I got a question for you. Then we'll do a fast read for PCC. Then we'll move on. But as of today, it's Tuesday. I know it's early. A lot can change. But do you expect to see Denzel Ward in uniform playing on Sunday? Yes or no? I'm saying yes. I would say yes. Um, yeah, I, I I expect to see him. Now, here's the thing. I don't know how long he's going to stay out there. The worst thing that could happen is he plays. He's out there a quarter. He tackles somebody, and he's in the locker room again because then he could be out for eight, Fair. ten weeks. That's true. Jason? I think he plays, but I'm, I thought he'd be back yesterday, so I'm a little bit more concerned. Yeah. Now. So now I think it's fair to really wonder yeah, what's sure. going on. Go ahead, Mike. All right, well, we asked the internet a question about Denzel Ward. Whenever we do that, you guys know who brings us the answer. That is PCC Airfoils. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, well, PCC Airfoils is the leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. So we went on our community tab on our YouTube page, and we asked the people very simply, if, and we don't know yet, if Denzel Ward is not clear to play against the Bengals, would that change your prediction for the outcome of the game? 80% says no, we still beat Cincinnati with or without Denzel Ward. You could lose Deshaun, Miles, it doesn't and Denzel matter. Ward, and they would the still say they're going to win. The confidence level from Browns fans yeah. right now is through the roof. Yeah. They have now, they have now uh, taken the soul of uh, Coach Prime. Yes. <laughs> it does yes. not matter who, yeah, uh, what happens. Right. <laughs> if Dorian Thompson-Robinson was starting this game. We got him. We got it. Yeah. Light <laughs> bars. fans would be locking it Light. in. Speaking of Coach Prime, we're going to talk about him in level. I think I've, I don't know that I've ever seen this level in 13 football seasons here of confidence going into a season. Oh, come Not on. this level. Yes. No, I've seen high, yes. but I think this is a new record, Jason. They lined up before the the Freddy opener. They were lining up to get into the Muni lot the night the before. Yes, that, the, that, that was the Titans game. Absolutely boat race. And that was the year. That, no, that was the year of supreme we've seen confidence. we it high. It's been absurdly high. But I think this year it's gone even to look, another look, level. Uh, here, I think I, it's here, the same as it all. Here's what's going to happen. If they if they play well or yeah. if they win this game, that boat that boat that you know the, the bandwagon is is ready to go. Oh my God! It's if ready. they win this game, print the Super Bowl tickets. Oh, it's, listen, yeah. you you can't. Hey, hey, don't you say one bad word on the internet. Stop playing with us. I think this is that. This is the we have a quarterback that we feel is franchise. This is yeah. that, that type of hype. Usually right. before we couldn't get that excited. Like, is he or the guy or is he not the guy? Yeah. Now people feel like they got a guy. They cocky. He's like, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a new level, but I don't know. Jason, if you think confidence in Cleveland is high right now, can you imagine the confidence level of the Browns nation if they somehow could finagle a way to get Chris Jones from Kansas City? If wow. you saw over the weekend, or if you didn't wow. see over the weekend, Chris yeah. Jones is currently in a holdout situation with the defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Chris Jones is not participating in practice. Stevie can take tag board here full. Andy Reid was asked about it earlier this week, and he said, we're getting ready to play a game. You're the here, you're not. That's how I go about it in regards to <coughs> Chris Jones, who's holding out. And then we had Juan Thornhill tweet at his former teammate. In case you missed it, Thornhill sent a little message to Stone Cold Jones. Hey, hope you're having a wonderful day, my guy. Salute emoji, which Desiree Smith then answered with, some eyeball emojis, which doesn't show up on tag board. Oh, there it is. There you go. So, guys, let me ask you this. Some serious emojis going on. Crazy. Is there any chance, any world, any circumstance where Chris Jones, arguably the best defensive tackle in football, makes his way to the Cleveland Browns this season? A.B. just cleared all that cap space for something, right? No. There's no, no way that's going to happen. Gee, you, you believe it? I mean, and by the way, I, I love all the fans, but – don't please don't send us. Well, you can send it to everybody else. I don't. Don't send me a tweet, a quote tweet from some random dude with 82 followers on Twitter who said, "I'm hearing rumors Chris Jones to the to the Browns." Like, don't send me that. Bull, is that true? First of all, I'm not so like I'm not that plugged in that I would even know if it's true. I'm not going to be phony about it. But number two, I, 
I'm not going to take it seriously. It's from some idiot on the internet. Um, I if, if I, I could I could hardly see this happening because I if I was just the Chiefs, why would I? I'm not sending Chris Jones to the Browns. He doesn't have anywhere where he can even tell somebody he's going to go. I'm not trading him, period. Like, that's, exactly. that's not even going down. What do yeah. you mean? Chris Jones has no leverage. He'll be back week eight in a worst-case scenario. Yeah, right. Like, he's not going to give up an entire season. That makes no sense. He'll, if, and I don't even think he'll go that long. But no. he, in a worst-case scenario for Kansas City, they'll just sit out and wait till week eight. They can yeah. win without him. for yeah, Exactly. They, they, they need him for January. They don't they're need him for January. Him. No. The best, the best case scenario for Chris Jones is Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. But they lose three games because somebody scores 60 on them. Like, they, yeah. need, they, they need to lose games at the highest level of scoring. Like, oh, we really played well, but we lost 45 to 51. Like, that, he unless that Chris Jones becomes Patrick, unless Chris Jones changes his name to Patrick Mahomes, they're not going to cave. The Chiefs don't cave. They're not going to trade him. Jason's right. There's no way he's going to miss. I think the deadline might be week 10. But yeah, maybe. The point is, he's going to be back for He'll the be playoffs. Back by the, only, the only way he gets paid is if if uh, Patrick Mahomes says pay him. I don't even think that does it. Oh, yeah, I, don't know. Uh, I don't think that does it. Oh, yeah. Uh, listen, it's Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes walks into your office, that's yeah. like if Deshaun Watson today just was like, yeah, I want a receiver. The Browns would think about it. But that's different because that's an offensive weapon on his side of the ball. This it, is a defensive player. I, I don't think – I'm I, I'm honest. I, honestly, I don't think even Patrick Mahomes walking in I, I, would I, If it. he go, if Patrick Mahomes, a.k.a. the franchise, the, yeah. the, the face of the NFL says, listen, hey, bro, I need y'all to get this done. But if he was going to say that publicly, wouldn't he have done it already? Yeah, but he's not yeah. going to right. do it. So it it's not going to happen. That's the only way it happens. Listen, it would be great. If <laughs> the Browns could get Chris Jones. You, just, just for the sake, and once again, I'm with you guys. There's 0% chance. We had to ask because yeah. you know, sometimes we have to answer the internet rumors to set yeah. the record straight. The defensive line of Miles Garrett, Zedarius Smith, Chris Jones, and Dalvin Tomlinson. That's Ooh, not bad. Boy. Yeah, Chris Jones is better than every Browns defensive lineman not named Miles Garrett. And he's Fact. pretty Fact. much just as good as Miles Garrett, isn't he? No, I wouldn't put him in that All right, class. a pinch below Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett had 16 sacks last year. Chris Jones had 15 and a half from the defensive tackle position. Stuff. I mean, like yeah. they're both he's not, elite. He's they not far from Miles Garrett. Of elite, he's one of the top ten defensive linemen in the league. Top five, probably. Yeah, yeah. Early I, top ten. I mean, Chris Jones may. I would just watch the AFC Championship game. Now, if Chris Jones were on the Browns, then yes, they would then have the best defensive line in the league. They would have bold the statement there, Bull. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> really going out on a limb. You have the best defensive end and the best defensive tackle. Well, the second best defensive tackle. I, I mean, I guess. Got to yeah. go Aaron Donald one. Good but. gracious. Like, Real quick, and we'll, we'll wrap it up with this, yeah. but just to have some fun, yeah. what would it take to get Chris Jones? In, in a world where they trade him, and mind I mean, you, they don't even have him. a one next year. How no. old is he? He's 28. Oh, he's I'll be, double check. He's even younger than I thought he was. I thought he was 30 already. I thought he was in his 30s, too. He just turned 29. Okay. Like, just turned 29. I mean, you'd have to give up two ones, wouldn't you? I would think so. At least one. I'm not giving up At two least one. ones. Two ones is only for First quarterbacks. Of all, again, why would the Chiefs trade him? They're not. <laughs> and didn't, didn't the Raiders get two ones for Cleo Mack? Yeah. They that, got two or three. Yeah. yeah, Chris Jones is better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's probably. Well, at that time, yeah. Khalil Mack was Khalil Mack. I think you pay. Listen, for me. But, okay, so it's equal. For me, I think you will pay like if you if you okay. Would you? I would pay two number ones for Michael Parsons, but I wouldn't pay two number ones for for Chris Jones. I don't know. I'm saying well, I think that's what it would take, especially because think about it. With Khalil Mack, you would trade with the Raiders, right? That's a dumb organization. With, with this, it's the Chiefs. They're not making. They're not giving them. They're not trading for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. I think they would take a one. Until proven otherwise, they're the best organization. I would, I would say football. it would probably take a one and a two. At least. At least. I think it's two ones. Yeah. But again, it's not happening. Not happening. Go ahead, Mike. Not happening. Got a fast reader, then I have a poll result to read for you guys. Okay. But I just want to remind you guys that the Cleveland Browns postgame show yeah. featuring myself, Earl, and G. Bush is officially launching on Sunday at the 2 Is Earl going to get off the mat for this? For this? We don't know. I Hopefully, Earl, Earl's He's still uh, mess. He's still under the weather, so hopefully Earl is, is healthy. We are praying for his return to good health. He's still sick, man, and it's 
He needs a, a couple good things to break his way here. So make sure you guys tune in. Two-minute warning. We are going live. Live, instant, immediate reaction to whatever happens between the Browns and the Bengals. And I promise you it'll be fun. We had some of our most fun moments of the entire season last year on the oh, postgame yeah. show. And I fully oh, yeah. expect that to continue this year. So just for fun, I put a poll in the YouTube chat as we were having that discussion. I'm going to end it for the exact results. We had 271 votes. I asked, would you trade Dewan Jones in a third-round pick for Chris Jones? <laughs> 51% said no, they wouldn't. Oh hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Say, say that again. It's a running joke. I asked, <laughs> I asked the YouTube chat, would you trade Dewan Jones in a third-round pick for Chris Jones? Throw in Imani Bates and redo the poll. 51% said no, 48% said yes. And it's that was 277 votes. It's just a joke. At DeJuan this Jones, he's so There's good. not that many crazy people. If DeJuan Jones. If DeJuan, yeah, I think you were just trolling me. <laughs> yes. If DeJuan Jones played for Coach Prime, he played both ways. At defensive tackle and tight end and fullback too. I want, by the way, I want Coach Prime to win every game this year. I want him to be cocky, beyond <laughs> cocky, every game. I want him to trash talk every team. I want him to trash talk every coach. I wish he would rip that that low life Nick Saban, but he won't because they do Affleck commercials together. Hey, let's let's save Dion. Dion's overtime. We got yeah, we got to save some for the, the people. Uh, real quick on that poll, DB Dog Twenty One said, maybe Casey takes something rather than letting him walk in free agency after the season. Right? That's why I voted yes. So. That was at least one explanation. He, oh, he's, a, he's a free agent next year. He's in the last year of his deal, but they're, they'll oh. get something. They're not going to let him walk. Awful. They'll get something. By the way, okay. even okay. if he did walk, they would get a compensation draft pick. Yeah. That is like true. a third? A fourth? The no. Chiefs don't listen. Yeah, so either get DeWan Jones or essentially take out the third. DeWan Jones or nothing. <laughs> DeJuan Jones or nothing. All right, we have a little time here yeah. before Ted Ginn Jr. joins us. We're going to finagle the rundown a little bit. Let's we'll finagle. Some for the finagle, end, Mike. Do some finagling. It is time for number three in our 32-32 in 32 series, and that is the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. Where the was behind the defensive the glass coordinator? What did you say? Where was the defensive coordinator? Fourth. He was fourth. He was fourth. He was our last one on Friday. Today, on Tuesday, <laughs> we just did him on Friday, apparently. As number three. But where did you have Kevin Stefanski on your list? And do you think that is too high for the head coach? Uh, I had Kevin Stefanski. Let's see. Well, while he's looking, no, it's not too high. I had him seven. You had him seven? Yeah. I'm, that's low. I am all about players being more important than coaches. Okay, but how about the guy calling the plays? I think, see, when I make a list, okay, I think who's more easily re replaceable? A, a coach? That's fair. That's or, fair. Or a great player. And I think it's the coach, unless it's the two or three special coaches on the top, which Kevin Stefanski is not one of them. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's five special coaches. Whatever it is, Kevin Stefanski is a good, solid coach. I think he's pretty good, but he's not in that special category. Yeah. Maybe Jim Schwartz is as defensive coordinator. He might be in the special category. So maybe maybe he'll, he's a little harder to replace. But Kevin Stefanski is a head coach. Like him. He's important. I think he's good. I think he's – I would definitely put him in the – I don't know about definitely. I don't know if that's fair. But I would put him, you know, in the, in the high middle probably. But he's not, he's not Andy Reid. He's not Bill Belichick. So he's not – you know, and, and even Bill Belichick. What's he been since Tom Brady? Yeah. Mediocre. Well, here's why I like him yeah. at three, because he is who's here. And unless he gets run over yeah. on the sideline and gets concussed, he's the play caller. Yeah. And he's the one that has spent the entire offseason with Deshaun Watson redoing the entire playbook. Yeah. So for that reason, I think it's perfect at number three. Like, I think that's exactly where he belongs, because this team's going to go on the plays that Kevin calls and that Deshaun runs. And we've, I've, one of the reasons I've been such a defender of him is because there's dudes open all over the field. He has done his job. They just haven't had a quarterback who could get the ball to the places it needs to go. Now they have that, allegedly. We'll find out for sure starting on Sunday, but theoretically they should have that guy now who can make every throw, who can make every play in the book. And, and Kevin, to me, has done his job as, as an, the offensive mastermind. And, yeah, he has nothing to do with the defense. And, fine, you can criticize him for that if you want. There are a lot of other coaches. I was talking to a guy uh, in the league who said Kyle Shanahan doesn't even turn on the headset on the defensive side of the ball. Like, he has nothing to do with the defensive right. side. That's becoming the trend with a lot of these offensive-minded right. play callers. So, for that I got reason, no problem with that. they're going to go where Kevin takes them. And I think number three is exactly where he belongs. He's not Deshaun. Yeah. He's not Miles. But, 
boy, in terms of importance to this season and this team, he's right there with them. I, I would even have him up there. I have him at two. You know why? Because he, he's next up. I've been I've been prophesying about this for about oh a year. He's the next guy up, and his playbook and what he's going to do with Deshaun Watson this year is either going to make the Browns or it's going to break them. It's all about what he's going to do and how he's going to move with it. Yes, he's schemed people open before, but some of those people happen to be tight ends. Yes, he's done some decent things with, with quarterbacks that are marginally, you know, better than, than the, uh, the mean of the, uh, of the quarterback position in the NFL. That's cool. Now we want to see what you do with somebody that's prime time, that's somebody that has, that, that has the arm has the intelligence to run a different type of style playbook where now we can run and we can get into what we would call uh, uh, the, the 21st century. We're no longer in the dark ages or the stone ages, you know, moving the ball up the field five yards at a time. I want to see how he can incorporate Nick Chubb, who's still one of the best running backs to make him an asset, not something that's just an afterthought. I want to see him scheme people open in the goal on the goal line. Not just in the middle of the field, coach. I need you to get touchdowns, not seven. Can you scheme people open in the red zone? One of the hardest things to do as a play caller in this league. There's a lot of things that I like about Kevin Stefanski because for what it's worth, he does get the most out of guys who are medium. I, it is yet to be seen if he's going to get the guys at the elite performance that the Browns are going to need to compete in this, in this, in this uh, AFC as well as the NFC North. So I, he's right up there. Everything he does is right up there with Deshaun Watson and that play sheet he got right there. That little sheet. Is it, what, what you, what's on the sheet? Mm. Let's figure it out. Those are the two most important things. Because other than that, the Browns are the Browns at other every other position. We've we detailed it. They got people at every position we talk about. They got guys. Yo, it's so so it's time to see if we got the coach. All right. Consensus seems to be two uh, three is appropriate. After hearing their retorts, Bull, do you still believe seven's the right spot? It is for me only because of the way I've been making the list, as I said. I'm like, who's less replaceable? I mean, you certainly, I, I'm not going to argue with you that two or three is not a reasonable answer. I just had them a little lower. I think coaches' value is ultimately a little overrated if they're not a special coach. And most I don't think coaches that's crazy. aren't. For the record, I, I, we had them at three. I had him at three. I think all three of us actually had him at three. Right. I'm just curious. I who feel- did you have at eight? At eight? Yeah. If you're saying that players are more important than coaches and players are more, I'm just wondering. Dalvin Tomlinson. Dalvin Tomlinson. Okay. So Dalvin Tomlinson is easier to replace than Kevin Stefanski. Yes. Based on your logic. Yes. Okay. That's kind of what I went with uh, okay. to some degree. Uh, and, you know, some of it was positional. It's not a perfect system. <laughs> I probably had it should have had, honestly I should have had Denzel Ward higher. I had him at six. I probably should have him three or four. Ward? Yeah. Yeah, well that obviously, you know, his stat is still up in the air for yeah. the game. But Stefanski, one last thing at Stefanski, I think G said it uh best there, but the ingredients are there for Stefanski. Now it's a matter of can he be the chef to turn ingredients into a five-star Michelin dish. If he doesn't make the playoffs, though, let's say the Browns, and I know they're extenuating circumstances, 10-7, whatever, but as Ted Ginn There's no excuse the Browns have to make the playoffs this year. Will he be the coach next year, yes or no, while we bring in our next guest? we got Ted Ginn Jr. here. If they do not make the playoffs. Would they what? Can Kevin Stefanski keep his job if the Browns don't make the playoffs? If they don't make the playoffs, Kevin Stefanski's probably getting fired. Now, they go 10-7 and seven and lose That's on a tiebreaker. Like, there's a lot of gray area in this. Uh, I, I think if they went 10-7 and seven and lost on a tiebreaker. Now, G's been consistent on this. But no, he wants week, them fired. Last week, you agreed with me that, like, 10-7 and seven lose I, on a tiebreaker. I think if he goes 10-7 and seven and loses on a tiebreaker, he's probably going to keep his job. And people are going to be pissed. And I get it. But there's, there's really no excuse. Uh, the, uh, I get that the AFC is loaded. I get that the North is loaded. But so are the Browns. Yeah. Now, they're less proven than some of the other teams, but not all. Yeah. Outside of the Bengals, the Chiefs, and the Bills, the other teams that are competing with the Browns, they have as much to prove as the Browns do. This is a cop-out, but I need to see it. Because if they lose another game like they lost to the Jets last year, he's probably getting fired. Like, if you, if you lose 100%. games because you completely unravel in the last right. minute, minute and a half, he's probably gone. Yeah. But if you have a ton of injuries and you lose on a tiebreaker, 
He's there's there's just too I, much gray I'll, I'll area to sit I, here and say definitively. Yes I can't or no. I can't say it definitively personally. He can, but I think there's a ninety five percent chance he's fired if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, I can't I can't keep seeing the Jaguars be good and be terrible and be good again. An yeah. expansion team. Yeah, this is an expansion. They played a crappy team. division. I, I don't care. You don't care. It's an expansion Fine. team. You don't care. They've, they've been they've been around for thirty years and they've been better to you for thirty. You're an expansion team. How do you keep letting an expansion team be bad and then turn good? Get Blake Bortles, go to the championship, then get bad again. They went to get, the AFC championship with Blake Bortles. Th- think about that. Yeah. That is insane. Think yeah. about that. And we're just sitting here and talking about 10 and 7 again. Yeah, let's no, go. No, we can't do it. Make the playoffs. I don't want to hear anything else. They'll be the you know the key. The, you know, Browns fans are good at making excuses for their team, but yep. there's none this year. Go ahead, Mike. No, hold on. Well, if if Deshaun Watson gets hurt, well, that's a different story. Well, that's what story. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, he, if, if Deshaun Watson gets hurt in six that, games, that's a different story. Then I then I got I got to recouple and fall back. Crazy circumstances. All yes. right, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Let's bring in Ted. Uh, as we bring in the fastest guest we've ever had in studio in the history of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, I want to remind true? you guys beforehand. Oh, you want to race him? Probably true. Ted Ginn Jr. is absolutely the fastest guest we've ever had in studio. While we get Ted Ginn hooked up, let me remind the good people out there that there are two different tiers of memberships for the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. For a buck ninety-nine a month, you get all the starters tier perks. Those are loyalty badges, custom emojis, and members-only community posts. For four ninety-nine a month, that gets you all those same starter tier perks, plus overtime videos, discount codes for merch, and much, much, much more. I believe we have Ted Ginn. Jr. hooked up, ready to rock, now, and with that, yeah, we did. Have, we had Marquis. I Goodwin. just said that. I was well, just going to say studio. that. Not in studio. Not in That's studio. Different. Could okay. you take him right now, Ted? Could yeah. you? We're right now, we're about at the same level. You about the same level? Yeah. How you doing? I'm great. I'm great. How y'all doing today? Could you beat Bull in a race? Oh, stop. All right. <laughs> if you gave him a 20 yard, no, 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 no. to stop. 40, 40 stop. yard dash. No. I have to go 10. You have to go 40. Who wins? Me. I love it. I think I we it. proved that I could do it. <laughs> Scientifically. What's your 40 right now? Me? Uh, probably about a four, five, flat. Still. Wow. Can I do a 4-4? Four, four? Can I do 10 yards in 4-4? Four, four? Well, we did time you running 10 yards. We did an overtime segment. Ten, did I do did, it in 4-4? Four, he did four? 10 yards in 3.9 seconds. 3.9. Ooh. That's a 14-second <laughs> I don't look it. Now, now, now we, we, we did yeah. have Anthony Gonzalez on, right? And I'm gonna see if you can confirm this. Anthony Gonzalez said he came in, he he came off Capitol Hill, came down to talk to us. He said, look, if Ted does not get hurt against That's Florida, right, we talked about this. They was dead in the water. He said they had a whole game plan where they was gonna spot shadow you everywhere and you got hurt with the, the foot injury, they tackled you. I'm still mad about that. I yeah. lost a lot of money, Ted. Well you know, seven eleven, that, that's what we call each other. Seven eleven, you know, we always open. You know, uh, but that game, um, they was going to let me free. You know, uh, Troy had won the Heisman. You know, uh, we had beat Michigan. You know, we had everything lined up to, to give me the Teddy Ginn show. Uh, and that was going to be exciting. I had, I was playing quarterback. I was throwing balls around. I was, I was they were going to let me go, let me be the number one pick that I was for them. You know what I'm saying? Coming out of high school and. You know, I, I tried to show you guys by opening up the kickoff, and, you know, we had fun doing that. Did they make Roy Hall walk home from the stadium to Ohio after that? No, they didn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's who tackled you in the end zone yeah. and got you hurt. Yeah, but, oh. uh, you know, uh, if you look back, Roy, Roy was the first person to, to all the uh, celebrations. So yeah. <laughs> Florida couldn't tackle him, but Roy Hall didn't hurt <laughs> his ankle. Yeah. Yeah. That's Do you miss being in the locker room? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the biggest thing about being in any sport, but playing football, yeah. being around 110 people or 85 people in the NFL, you know, uh, yeah. what, 75 people in high school, 30 on a, on a, on a little league team, you know, uh, you know, me coaching little league now, I was talking to my kids and I was like, I've been in a huddle from six years old to 38, you know, almost 29, almost 30 years of, you know, depending on another guy, you know what I'm saying? So this is like my life, you know, this was my life. So, uh, you know, just having the conversations and, you know, uh, 
being an OG, being a baby, you know, uh, changing from a rookie to the oldest guy in the room in one year, you know, it's just a lot of different things that come in come into being in a locker room. The program your dad has built at Glenville is unbelievable. And yeah. the pipeline of talent that you guys were sending to Columbus for those years, you, Troy, Dante. Jamal O'Neal. Like, it was incredible. How did, how was he able to corral that much talent at Glenville? Well, you know, uh, it just started with our inner city. We had to big up our, our, our area that we're from. You know, there's a lot of diamonds in the rough. Um, there's a lot of guys that's there that, you know, need the opportunity but never gets it, you know. And, um, my father figured out the game plan when we, was, when we was coming up, you know, taking us in the vans and going around to all the big colleges and only staying for an hour or two and getting out of there and, that night we'll be somewhere else. We stay for an hour or two, and we out of here. And next night we somewhere else, you know. And that became a culture for us, you know. And you know, once I was the little guy in that situation, to the Pierre Woods and mm-hmm. the Cedric Bakers and Frank Needies and the Chris Chain, Chris Charleston, and different things like that. So um, to watch them guys go do what they did, you know, it just made me just wanna eat it up, you know. I met all the guys that you see as the big time coaches now. I met them at 13, 14, almost 12 years old, you know, Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, Jim Trestle. I mean, it ain't nobody that you can really name that didn't come through our door or or sit at my house in the basement, you know what I'm saying, when they was at Bowling Greens and Kent State and Youngstown and different things like that. I watch people eat my mama food. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like for real. For real. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And not knowing that we all was going to be the people that we are today. You know, we just, we just didn't know that. You talked about coaching Little League football now, giving back. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about your decision to do that. Well, you know, uh, my program been running. It's called Gen Elite Sports. I do football, basketball, track, and cheerleading. Um, you know, off the field things that we, we deal with too, with the mental health and different yeah. things like that. Uh, but my program been running uh, basketball. My godson is 20, about to be 22 this year. Mm-hmm. So we started with him when he was uh, in the fourth grade. Um, so that was basketball. So I'm a little bit over about 14 years with that. Uh, my, my football program is going on seven years. Uh, my first group of kids that I have right now are sophomores from my dad. You know, they played in the, I have five sophomores that played for my father this year as starters. You know, so uh, my my program is, it was, a, was a big shock for me this year because I watched it from the far for so long. You know what I'm saying? For yeah. the last two years, I've really been hands on with it since I've really been home. And to see them guys go out and do what they do, you know, um, just show that I'm in the right realm of my program that I'm telling the kid that if you listen to what I'm saying to you from seven to 14, by time it's time to really put it on and you go out there and you really have to, you know, start the life that you start for yourself. You know, you don't have to wait till you're a junior or a senior. You can walk in as a freshman or, or a sophomore and really get it done. Now, so. you, you, I think you started, you, um, you know, I would say Rubisky, Hartline, Gonzalez, Y'all, Roy Hall, I, I, Roy Hall, you should have been cold. He big, he was big, he fast, he had a single digit. I thought Roy Hall was going to be that dude when he was at O-State. But needless to say, y'all kind of started that that receiver thing. I didn't, ever, I didn't think Trestle o was going to open it up for you because he started moving you around, putting you in different positions in the backfield, kind of like little, it was almost like, wow, this is kind of a precursor of what they do now a little bit now with the athletes. But I never foresaw Ohio State becoming a receiver school. You look at the guys, Jackson Smith, Alave, Chris Garrett, or, uh, Garrett, uh, Garrett Wilson, and Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, do you feel like y'all was on the forefront of that, especially um, back then when, you know, football was yeah. the, you, you wasn't throwing the, fo- the football around. You was a two-receiver type deal. Uh, I think that came in um, trash doing seeing, seeing that. Over the years, he started bringing in more and more people from the hard lines and um, the people that came in after me, you know. Uh, but it was just moving that, that type of way from, from Jenkins. Mm-hmm. If you start seeing from Mike Jenkins how, you know, we were starting to 
open up the playbook, but Mike Jenkins didn't have another threat with him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So as we came in, you know, I was supposed to be playing corner anyway. So that's what we forget. You yes, know? So now, I, I always understood because I went to McKinley. Yeah. And um, they always talked about you running hurdles. And, and, and my brother played against y'all. And y'all tore their mouth out. They, yeah. It was bad. But here's the thing. Like, they was like, you were supposed to be playing corner. And I'm like... How did that transition happen? Like you just in camp and all of a sudden you catch your passes? Well, you know, I came in as the number one corner, but I was still a top guy on offense. You know what I'm saying? So when I got there, you had Dustin Fox and you Bloody and Dante Whitner and Nate Siley and Tyler Everett. And you had guys that, uh, Chi Chi, like you had guys that was really like put their dudes in that sat behind the Dawsons and, yeah. and the people like that that, you know, it was a wait your turn type situation. And uh, with me, it was just a little different because of the statue of I came in as. I was the number one player in the country. Only person that was better than me was Adrian Peterson. Like, you get what I'm saying? So it was like, how could we just redshirt this guy or not play him on the field? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I was little, I was 165. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, watching what they did with Gamble. You know what I'm saying? For those three or four years that Gamble was there, you know, and how the defense really, I mean, how the offense really sent everything his way on defense to getting tired for offense. You know what I'm saying? So they already had a game plan on how they really wanted to do it. Trash already had a map. You get what I'm saying? And then with my size not being capable to go out and have to be a front runner of, of a tackle, of pulling, now I'm first at the, at, the, at the point. You know what I'm saying? I'm too little for that. Now they got the edge. Now they got different things that I just was just wasn't ready for. You get what I'm saying? So um, they knew that I was good with the ball in my hand. So they gave me what ten plays, and it was I ran nothing but slants, goals, and slant and screens for the first three weeks of my freshman season. You know what I'm saying? And then that's when I came in uh, NC State, and they started me, and Justice Wick threw a slant. But he didn't. He looked my way on the slant, but didn't throw it. And you know, back in the day, they could just come right downhill there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. I came to the sideline. I said, "Trust, you're gonna have to take me out." So I learned. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned the whole playbook because I'm just only running one or two things, and yeah. they they own it. Yeah. That's the first time I really realized, like, oh, I got to do something different. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm just coming in, and this this guy just sitting there looking dead at me, like, you better not run this slant. <laughs> And I ran it. <laughs> but, uh, Mikey McNuggets, go ahead. Yeah, and if you like these stories from Ted, just a reminder, Ted will be the Buckeyes postgame analyst for their games when it's on WKYC. So be seeing a lot of Ted Ginn Jr. breaking down the Buckeyes. Uh, Ted, appreciate you coming on. I do have a question, though. When I think of you throughout your career, you were the ultimate playmaker. It didn't matter if you were returning a kick, catching a pass, a handoff reverse. You found a way to get to the end zone. In your opinion, and you can't put yourself on this list, Who's on the Mount Rushmore of the best NFL playmakers of all time? Ooh. Well, you can't. You, you, Tough one. Well, the, the ultimate guy you can't never forget about is Deion Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Are you enjoying uh, watching him in Colorado, by the way? Yes, you? yes. Oh, I mean, it's awesome, isn't it? He, he's, he's showing a, a, a blueprint of basically what I've seen, of what my dad did for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's just walking his kids through life, and you don't have nobody else better to do it but your dad. You know what I'm saying? So that's just it's just a whole different scenario of things that goes with that Colorado stuff. You know what I'm saying? With Dion, that yeah. is just a great deal that's going on. Whoever don't like that is don't don't like is a bad person. Yeah. You know what so I'm you, saying? So you got Dion on the list. Dion. Yeah. I can't forget my dude Charles Wilson. You oh, know, good one, man. Even though he's you know. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, but he's legit. Um, Ohio guy. For sure. Yeah. Uh, he has a single digit. And yeah. if you got a single digit in advisor, you good. You, you, you he, know what he, it is. He's a deuce. Yeah. You know, yeah. deuce is yeah. one of the reasons why I wore two my yeah. whole life. Uh, uh, and I, I'll be Reggie Bush. That's a great pick. Reggie Bush. Yeah. That's a good pick. Um, you said, is it four or five? Four. Four. One more. Four. One, more. One more. That's a good list. 
I put him on the spot too. Yeah, I, I didn't give him any more. That's that's a I'm bad job out of me, Ted. I apologize. And the X Factor, Deontay Hall. Oh yeah, man. That's a great list. That's a great list. Were you? Did you know you were the fastest guy on the field at all times? Yes, because I was the smallest guy on the field at all times. So I, I had to play with that. Like I had to deal with both of that. Like you know, I can't take a hit because they might knock me out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I got to run as fast as I can. Yeah. So I don't take this hit. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and it just it, it kind of grew with me after. Uh, Pierre Woods hit me and practiced my ninth grade year, you know, because we used to steal Pierre Woods. Uh, me and my friend, one of my best friends, Calvin Stearns, we used to steal his lunch every – we knew his lunch period as freshmen. Yeah. So Pierre Woods had his own lunch period where the ladies gave him three or four trays. He'd get 12 cookies, <laughs> uh, four milks, you uh, know, two juices. Like, well, yo – he he grubbing all yeah. by himself. <laughs> so me and my friend used to our lunchroom had two doors and we were coming to two doors and he'd be sitting there like, Not today, little Ted. <laughs> Not today, little C. Like like both our names was little. Yeah. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? And we used to, you know, it's like a cat and mouse game, like you go that way, I go that way. And he man gone, like, you know what I'm saying? So he couldn't never get me. He could never get me, you know what I'm saying? Either you gonna leave your food yeah. and we still go get it, yeah. or you gonna stare with your food and we gonna take what we want. Like yeah. we was like little bullies. That's like, so funny. That's and crazy. my father was one day we was in practice and I was doing pretty good. I was playing quarterback, you know, I was playing scout team and we was dialing it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Pierre kept saying, Well, I can't hit him. That's the reason why he's getting the ball off. <laughs> so he go live on me. And when he came around that corner, mm. I said, nobody in the world will never hit me again like that. <laughs> oh, man. man. I, I was watching some highlights. Pierre's a good trash talker, too, yeah, about Michigan, too. Yeah, yeah. Big side. Yes. I was watching some highlights, and yeah. I was just like, it's, it's cheating because you would just be running straight. And I'm like, oh, listen, he got this little stealth mode where his like his head get down like this, and he start running straight. I'm like, they're never catching him. The way you did Michigan State was so dirty, yeah. but like because you just you just running around. You did Oklahoma State kind of dirty too. Like they was letting you get too. Oklahoma much money. State needed that. They, they deserved that. <laughs> they kept talking about they was the real OSU, and then number thirty, no, number forty four, was like their middle linebacker. And you know, like when you go to the ball games. You got to do everything. It's like two-sided. You sure, know what I'm saying? Sure. Y'all two versus us two, and we going to go yeah. to everything together. Yep. Yep. And he just kept saying, he's so country. Ted again. Ted again. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. It's like he kept, like, everything we did, he yeah. just popped out on me. I'm yeah. going to hit you hard. He got me one good time. Yeah. But he had just fired me up, and then we had lost Troy that, that week. Mm -hmm. So we didn't, we didn't have no – Justice Wick throw, throw uh, pull his hamstring on the fourth yeah. play, throwing a hitch. Like so, we I was the third quarterback, so it was like we didn't, we were so like in disarray, but when nobody didn't even know it, you know what I'm saying? Wow. That's that just show yeah. you how good that we was about to be, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. off of that that game right there showed you that you got some kids in this in this university yeah. that if you don't let the you don't let them go. We wouldn't have ever been who we was. Ted, I'm curious. Um, in in the last few years, the Browns drafted Anthony Schwartz in the third round, a guy with great speed, but like he, it seems like he can't play football. I don't know. And the, you remember a few years before that, the Bengals drafted John Ross, like ninth overall, another guy, big time speed, but couldn't really do anything, and he flopped. Do you think, as a guy with great speed but great football skill, more than they had, I, you know, like could you have helped them? Well, 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 it's all about the game. You know what I'm saying? So when, you, when you're a speedster like me and, 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 and you're not running by people like Tyreek Hill, yeah. you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Then they don't know what to do with you. Right, right. You get what I'm saying? Because now I could go get a, 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 a guy that's not that fast but got great route running and I can play him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. he's not going to never give you that that actual big play, explosive play, but once every four games. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where 
So and what what I had to realize was I was so fast that I was faster than the play. Mm. And I'm just being okay. real. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. It was it, it was it was it was it was bad to see me so wide open. You get what I'm saying? Really? They put you over here. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That oh, the quarterback just can't get it there. Uh, okay. To, wow. To Bull's point, though, I think you touched on something fascinating for track guys in shorts. Can you teach a fast guy how to catch? Right. Because right. the NFL is intoxicated with speed. Yeah. And they're drafting these track the guys, ball. but they can't catch the ball. Yeah. Well, because what, 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 I, I went through this. I went through uh, the drops. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I'm known as the, the drops, but I never, lead the, I never led the league in drops. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't get it. You get what I'm saying? Now, we, I dropped big-time plays in big moments that gave people the – the 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 deal that oh he dropped balls mm-hmm. you know what stigma. I'm saying the stigma like yeah. you get what I'm saying mm-hmm. but at the end of the day what I think really happens is we just we be so fast that we get there and sometimes we do this and that thing stay right there we just don't never look it in like like most people do that's big that oh, I know this hit coming I know like we, it's just a different type of genre that go on with Six four and mm-hmm. five nine, five ten, fast guys like we'll just do this so fast. Like I got pictures where I'm like this, but I catch it. Mm-hmm. Then I got pictures where I'm like this <laughs> and I drop it. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not really an art. It's somewhere down in line you're gonna take heed in yourself, like I don't wanna be that person. It took me seven years to do that in the league. Yeah. Hmm. Right. I didn't. I didn't get an opportunity to really showcase my talent as a receiver. Yeah. Till I got to the Carolina Panthers that yeah. first year. Right. Yeah. 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 You get sure. what I'm saying? Yeah. And that was because Ricky Pro, that was a receiver, right? Fast guy, kind of. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Told me like, hey, dude, you can help us here. You're not just a punt returner or kickoff returner. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then I had a guy like Steve Smith, that was like, man, I'm gonna need you. So once you start seeing guys that really walk up and you take the outside people out of your life and you worry about the people that sit in the seats with you, then you, you'll go to work. Yeah. But if the people in the seats sitting with you don't believe in you either, then you kind of like on a lonely pedestal till you find a new home. Hmm. Uh, really quick, I, I yeah. want to ask you about this. You played for such a long time. Um, you know, I got guys like, like Mike Doss. I grew up with him, played ball with him in high school. And I asked him for the first time, I said, yo, how crazy it was it when people started being like, hey, you got drafted in the second round and everybody in the hood knew how much you made. Yeah. Like, what, like did you get some crazy? He said, bro, I, can, I can't even tell you how many calls I got from people I like, have never heard of or haven't seen four or five times. How did, you, how did you grow from the time when you started and you got your first big deal? Um, I think you were top 10 pick for the, for the, uh, for the Dolphins to where you, how you grew and learned how to manage your money and make sure that you were straight um, at the end of your career? Well, you had, to, you had to have a no man. That was my dad. So you said he threw them right through, through Pops? Go to Pops. Oh, and then uh-huh. now, you gonna, now you gonna pick and choose if you wanna go talk to Pops or not. <laughs> That's right. great. You get what I'm saying? That's crazy. So um, that, that, that was a deal. And then just doing the right things for, for the right people at the right time. You know what I'm saying? The community, the, the, the kids, you know, taking care of the, the right situations is the way that you, you go about that. And then you just can't ever stop being who you are. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people get money and they stop being who they are towards their family and their friends. And that was my biggest pet peeve. My family and friends got me to where I was at. So I'd have, I'd have never played 14 years without my support system. And my support system was my wife, my parents, my kids, and this community. I mean, just, yeah. just being real, like I was a real open the door. I was the real pull the knob. I was the real like uh, real example of what this really supposed to be. So I couldn't I couldn't mess it up in no shape or form, and it's still like that to this day. You know what I'm saying? I'm still trying to be the door to show people what to do when it's when you ain't playing ball. 
You get what I'm saying? Because that's what our kids know. We the gins around here. So it's like I always been the door and I always gonna be the door. So I just try to make sure that I do everything the right way that I supposed to do. Mike, before you wrap things up, let me just share, this is how big a dork I am. Uh, I have a spreadsheet from my 2007 Fantasy Football League rookie draft. And here you see Ted Ginn Jr. You probably can't see it. You were drafted 11th overall. Uh, sorry. That's but, great. I mean, that's pretty good. 11th that's, overall. We had, you know, it was 48 picks. You went that picks. far off. 11th over. You and Anthony Gonzalez drafted back-to-back ahead of Dwayne Bowe uh, <laughs> in the 2007 Fantasy Football League rookie draft. That's crazy. Uh, and the fact that I still have this list 16 it, years ago. I don't know if on that's your phone. That, that speaks to you. On my that's, phone. That's crazy and he was only two both. slots off. <laughs> hey, we're going to get Ted right. out of here on this. Yeah. But Ted, close. I do have one final question yeah. to wrap up here. I know you never played with Deshaun Watson, but you were in the league on the other sidelines for Deshaun for three or four years as you ended your career. What do you see from Deshaun as a quarterback and the skill set he has attached to that right shoulder of his? Well, first off, I I like Deshaun Watson a lot. I was able to meet him before he even touched this league. You know what I'm saying? With playing with Carolina and the Cam Newton um, yeah. Uh, thing that they had going on and I just liked him ever since then and I hated that we had to play against him at Ohio State that one time you know what I'm saying but uh, one thing that I can say that I always seen in him is he's a fighter he's a fighter he like to put things on his back and sometimes it's a good thing and it's a bad thing you know what I'm saying um, just like that last preseason game that, that he played in I mean he took three straight carries back to back mm-hmm. that's just trying to show the team trying to show the community trying to show the sports world that I'm gonna do whatever it take to win this game you know what I'm saying or to put on for the Browns so I just think that we have a great captain a great leader a great fighter that's that's really one in our wheel and right before he left I was at New Orleans and he came in and he destroyed us. He had on a red spat. <laughs> and once again, and the man with any color spat is and, not and to be trifled yeah, with. Yeah, like, you know, he came in, he had his red spat on, he told me, I don't even know if he remember that, he told me, he said, yeah, I'm about to give y'all a run for y'all money. And I think we might have, we might have, we might have won by three. Like seven seconds, I catch a pass, we kill a field goal, get out yeah, of there. Yeah. Ted, we appreciate you coming in, man. No doubt. Thank appreciate you for spending you, time with us. Good luck covering the Buckeyes this year. That was fun. You're all in on the Browns? Yeah, I hope I'll be back. Yeah, we will definitely have oh, you back. Yeah, we appreciate no you taking yes, the time. Yes, sir. The great Ted Ginn Jr. Yeah. Awesome to see him. Awesome, and we will have Ted back whenever he wants. That's an open invite for Ted to come back on the show. We appreciate it, Ted. And we're going to get you out of here and bring in Aditi Kinkabon in a sec. But as we do that, just want to remind everybody that for a dollar ninety nine, see if you want to take the membership graphic. But we get loyalty badges, custom emojis, and members only community posts. That is for just a buck ninety nine a month. That is the starters tier member. For four ninety nine a month, that is a coaches tier member. Gets you all those same starter tier perks, plus overtime videos, member shoutouts, discount codes for merch, and much, much more as we continue to expand our membership platforms for the upcoming NFL season. And with that.